Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell the crooked referees on Roger Goodell. Yeah, like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. 
Lose on winning, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, eh. Boogie like this and I'm a who that. I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. We do that. You're listening to the sports coma. Yeah. It's Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the sports coma with Big Q and the guys where we have intense, entertaining, educating and enlightened sport talk from your favorite sports fam. What's up, fam? Appreciate y'all joining me for this edition of The Coma. Once again, we got my brother, Mike Dugar. He's back in the building representing the Seattle side of things. Good to see the brother back up in here. We're going to talk some good game, man. We was talking some good game, spitting about uh, Seattle early on, bro. Uh, once again, bro, welcome to the show, man. We had, we had you uh, here last uh, year. And uh, it was some good game you was dropping, bro. And, uh, of course, Mike covers uh, for the Athletic for Seattle. Matter of fact, and, uh, man, he got some good game on Seattle, man. And we like to welcome the brother in. So welcome to the stream once again, brother Mike. Thank you for having me back, man. I appreciate it. Let's get to it. Yes, sir. All right. So uh, big ups to the great St. Thank Tank and the Sports Coma. Please feel free to hit the like button, man. Hit the subscribe button and feel free to share the show's on your social media feed, we up in this thing, man. We're going to talk some Seattle uh, and Saints of football, bro. Now, listen, what really I was kind of looking at, Brother Mike, was the fact that the matchup against the Detroit Lions, man, uh, Detroit scored 22 points in the back end of this game, but the Seahawks was able to uh, kind of hold on to the matchup. And what really struck me about this matchup was the fact that the Seattle Seahawks team with Penny, man, who's a guy that, you know, kind of is is injured. I kind of always, when I play fantasy ball, man, I like Penny. But for whatever reason, Penny, man, it's just, he just, he, he just didn't give him my value because he was, he was hurt here. He was hurt there. But man, he had a buck 51 carrying a rushing attack. You guys had what, over 200 yards rushing uh, mm-hmm. in a matchup. And Gino put up 300, over 300 and a couple of scores. So he's been playing really good. They look really good. DK Metcalf had seven grabs in the game. Lockett's the man out there. So talk to me about uh, the mindset, Seattle-wise, of, uh, of fighting to get that victory and and, and so on. Yeah, I think uh, in the third quarter, they realized whether they want to admit it or not, like our defense is not stopping the other team. So we're just going to have to score every time we touch the ball, which obviously they want to score every drive, like, duh, but – they, I, I, you could tell, you could see the sense of urgency, man. And I think with the, with Geno Smith and offensive coordinator Shane Waldron had a really good plan that was using Detroit's aggressiveness against them. Detroit at yeah. the time, uh, I think they blitzed about the third highest rate in the league. I think that since dropped to, to number five, but still, that's still pretty high. And you look at some of the, Rashad Penny's explosive touchdown runs. You know, he had a 36 yard touchdown run. And I want to say like another 32 yarder. They were both on third and longs. But what the Seahawks did was just take advantage of those zero blitzes and say, hey, if you're just going to not have anybody at the second level, all we got to do is block this up and our guy is gone. You know, and, and that's exactly what happened. They ran they ran it. They ran basically like a, a draw on third and 16 and scored because Detroit blitzed. You know, they, they ran another third and five against the blitz as well. And it's they just had answers. Uh, the Seahawks was like, we just have to have answers for everything Detroit gives us. They're aggressive. They play man. They blitz. Okay, so how can we fix that? You know, how can we attack, use their aggression against them? And they had a really good plan. Some of that was throwing the ball to DK, but DK was doubled like every snap. So mm-hmm. in the snaps, they he wasn't. They took advantage. 
So I just think that was Sunday was a really good uh, example of just what happens when you execute really well. And then you have a good plan, too, because the thing about teams that blitz a lot, um, I know the Saints don't really blitz that much, but they do play man at above average rate. The thing about those teams is when you they force you to have answers, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're coming at you now, we're blitzing now. Uh, We're sending more guys than you guys have to protect. So do you have an answer for that, whether it's a slant or or a hot route or, you know, a, a go ball or a screen pass or a draw play, whatever, do you have an answer for what we're throwing at you? And the Seahawks did over and over and over again. And their offense only scored 41 points compared to Detroit scoring 45. But um, the other team had Jared Goff, and he's good for a, a miscue every once in a while. Yep. And his third quarter pick six was basically, you know, the difference. Because, again, Detroit's offense scored more points than Seattle's offense. But Seattle's defense snuck seven points in there, and that was that was different. Yeah, I was looking at uh, some of those highlights, bro, from the matchup. And, of course, I was going over some of the statistics, bro, that's on the screen right now. Uh, looking at uh, the Seattle Seahawks defense, bro. Uh, so uh, 438.3 allowed total, 284.3 through the air, and 154 flat on the ground. Not really good numbers right there on their defense. So that that gives me the impression that uh, you can move the ball on that on that defense. So. Uh, they still got a long way to go, Mike, and kind of solidifying. Plus, the big number right there that I'm looking at is the fact through four games, they're allowing almost 29 points per contest. Good Lord. Yeah, the defense has had a lot of a lot of issues. You know, the, the everyone watched the Monday night football game against them in the Broncos. Yeah. And I think what we've learned is that uh, the way they won that game was relatively unsustainable. Not relatively, very unsustainable because they mm-hmm. haven't won another game like that again. You know, the D- Denver fumbled twice on the one yard line. You know, we had a statistician at the Athletic find that no team has done that in a game since 2000. That's as far as his data goes back. But I doubt anyone did it before 2000 either. That's really random. Otherwise, Denver scores at least three more points, you know, in that contest. They only lost by one. Seattle didn't score in the second half of that game. You know, so you really can't. You're not going to win any games when you don't score in the second half. I don't care who you play. So I think the Denver game was a little bit of fool's gold and the, the subsequent games have kind of exposed the defense uh, a mm-hmm. little more, you know, Seattle allows explosive plays. That's a pass of 16 or more yards or a run of 12 or more at the second highest rate in the league. Only Arizona is higher and Seattle's given up those at 15% of the time. That's huge. That's insane. That means like every once every like seven or eight snaps or something like that, the other team's getting an explosive play. And if you get an explosive play on a drive, just one explosive play on one drive, it increases your chances of scoring by so much. I mean, there's some other advanced stuff that don't work in their favor, but I think that's the number. You know, they've allowed the second most explosive plays in the league at 38. Only Houston Texans have allowed more at 40. So if the other team can consistently do the things that eventually lead to points, which is get explosives, your defense is just never going to get off the field. It's mm-hmm. hardly going to generate turnovers. You know, yeah. that, those it's just hard to consistently do that, even if you have good players. You know, explosives kill the best of defenses. The Legion of Booms defenses will tell you that mm-hmm. same thing. So of all the numbers that is bad, I imagine that Seattle's coaching staff is looking at that 38 number. How can we make sure that number does not go to 39 explosives against New Orleans? Yeah, and, and those explosives that you t- uh, talk about, Brother Mike, they're also very demoralizing, man. So uh, they mm-hmm. can they demoralize instantaneously while providing momentum for the uh, the opposite team, man, and that could be quite difficult to reverse. But yeah, bro, look at let's take a look at the injury report for tonight, uh, bro, that they released here. Of course, you can see some of our guys, a lot of guys with DMP didn't pl- practice. Uh, a few of our players, Throckmorton Turner, Mike Thomas's foot issue, DMP. Of course, we know about Jameis and PJ Williams, our defensive back quadricep issue, DMP'd. 
And then the guys that played was big Ryan Ramchick. Marcus May was limited. Andrews Pete from a concussion. Elvin Kamara got some burn in there today. So did Jarvis Landry, Taysom Hill. And Carl Granderson fully practiced. He had an eye issue. And, of course, we scroll down to uh, Seattle side of things. You see Penny, bro. We talked about Penny, man. Look at Penny has a shoulder issue and was DMP and a few other a couple of your offensive linemen and Blythe, and you got uh, Jackson as well. But the, that was rest on him and the personal reason for Austin. And then, of course, uh, we got Johnson, uh, Jefferson, DMP, and then the rest of the guys, Coleman, Lewis, Young, Hart, Haynes, and Blount. Well, the last three were fully practiced, the three limiteds, Coleman, Lewis, and Young. So, I mean, I guess uh, coming into this matchup, bro, talk to me about uh, – uh, I guess we can get familiar with Seattle. They run the, your base defense is a 34 defense, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So with the 34 defense and I guess uh, we, and, and my, my perspective on the 34 defense is let me see if I can get y'all the depth chart up here. I had it up here. Here it is right here. All right. With uh, a few of these guys, man, I'm, I'm familiar with, I know about L woods, man. He'd been around for a minute. Uh, we know that Jamal is, 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 is he got hurt. So he's out. Uh, Quadri Diggs, I'm, I'm aware of him and a few other guys, but familiarize us with the, some of the, the the players on this on your base three four defense. I know the defense is struggling right now, but uh, I, I don't. It, to me, looking at that defense, bro, as a Saints offense, I'm thinking to myself that this could be uh, a situation that the Saints are looking for to try to get their offense on on tap against. I know that they don't particularly stop the run very well. According to the numbers in the secondary, with the loss of Jamal Adams, he was a—I guess he—he uh, was a force of leadership back there. But uh, when him going, I know it's—it's going to be quite a lot for them to kind of, kind of put together. So, Mike, talk to us about the defense, man. Who's some of the players on the defense you think might pull it together for him? Yeah, Al Woods is one. You know, big big yeah. Al. You know, originally drafted by the Saints in 2010. Yeah. I want to say I think they traded up to to, to take Al too, and then yeah. cut him after was, like a year. I was upset about that, bro. Uh, just on record about that. I thought Al Woods was going to be a player, bro. Yeah, well, he it took him a little bit to find himself. You know, Al Al, Al right now probably weighs about 350. You know, when the Saints took him out of LSU in 2010, I think he was like I think his scouting impressed that he was like 307. You know, mm-hmm. playing three technique. Now he's like a zero nose, probably the heaviest nose in the league. So he's, he's going a little bit, found a, a role. He's playing like three technique in Tennessee. Um, I think also yeah. in Pittsburgh as well, he's bounced around a little bit. So, but Al has found his, found the role, man. He's just, he's just a big dude and hard to move, you know? And if you're an undersized guy, like a lot of centers aren't very big dudes. Um, if you're an undersized, like center or guard, Al's good. It takes two of y'all to make sure he's not in your backfield uh, right next to him. Puna Ford playing one of the other three technique spots is a, a really good, He's a really good three. He can play a little nose, but he's a little lighter than than Al, as most human beings are. So um, <laughs> he's better. He's better when he gets the the one on one stuff. Uh, but he's he's a solid young cat too. Not even that. Not even that old. On the other side, you got Shelby Harris. Is a is an older cat. I think he ended the league as an undrafted free agent, maybe. So those are the those are the two like main three technique uh, dudes that play next to Big Al. Those are the three in your three forward. And as the, the linebacking core, uh, Uchenna and Wasu, who they paid like eight, eight and a half million or nine million dollars a year in free agency. He was their one big free agency splash. He's been actually really productive off the edge. You know, he can play the run really well. He's really strong, uh, but he's really athletic too when it's time to go rush the passer. Uh, he's gotten to the quarterback a couple times this year uh, already, just overpowering offensive linemen and just chasing quarterbacks down in space. So he's been really impressive. They probably actually are going to start a rookie 
uh, opposite Uchenna at backer, probably Boye Mafe, second round pick out of Minnesota, 40th overall in the in the draft. You know, Boye has kind of climbed the depth chart because of performance and injuries. Uh, Daryl Taylor, who they wanted to to be that guy, um, has just not performed very well. He was a second second pick in the 2020 draft, and he's just not been very good, particularly against the run. As you mentioned, Seattle's run numbers are not great. So Boye um, is kind of stepping in in place of Daryl and I would um, another guy named Daryl Johnson, who started against the Detroit Lions and is out with a foot injury right now in the scouting yeah. report that, or the injury report that you just went through. Right. So those that's, that's your front right there, probably Boye, uh, Shelby Harris, Puna, Al, and then Uchenna. And then the other linebackers, the two inside guys, you got Cody Barton starting for the first time. They basically said, we'll cut Bobby Wagner in the offseason because we want to see if this Cody Barton kid, who we took, I think, 88th overall in 2019, you know, can finally get a chance to start. This is his first time ever starting um, in his career. So they're rolling with him and then Jordan Brooks, their first round pick in the 2020 draft, who they basically uh, took to replace K.J. Wright, who they eventually walked, uh, uh, moved on from uh, after the 2020 season. So they're, they're pretty young. Uh, their linebackers and it, it's some of it's showing you know you look at some of those big plays they gave up you know tj hawkinson looked like megatron you know in, the, mm-hmm. in that game in week four he had like 179 yards two touchdowns that's like the fifth highest total that any pass catcher at any position has had against the Pete Carroll defense in seattle you know uh it's it that was a lot he had an 81 yard catch and run tight ends don't usually have 81 yard catch and runs nope. um, but that was a that was a mistake on on cody's part not pushing them out of bounds and TJ scored the first touchdown of the game on a busted coverage by Jordan Brooks. So there's a lot of youth there at that, that linebacker spot. It's a, it's, it's a lot watching 57 and 56. Uh, while I think there's, there's some talent there on both of their parts. It's a lot different than watching number 20 and 56 for, uh, for the saints. Like I, I see, you see real deal um, linebacking um, from, from Pete Warner and uh, Demario Davis. It's a, it's a noticeable uh, difference there, at least for now. And I think on the back end, they play a lot of nickel, um, so you may not see a lot of those, all five of those linemen that I mentioned. You know, they got the young guy, Kobe Bryant, fourth-round pick out of Cincinnati, who was the Jim Thorpe Award winner uh, in college as the best defensive back and slipped to the fourth round somehow. I don't know how because he was really good on that Cincinnati defense opposite of Sauce Gardner, um, who ended up in New York. So you got him, Tariq Woolen, playing right cornerback, who was probably the freakiest cornerback in terms of just measurables, you know, like. He's 6'4", yeah, he with 33-inch arms. His honestly might be 34 inches, depending on you use the combine numbers or his pro day numbers. And he ran he ran a 426. 426 at 6'4 is absurd. That's yeah. not like when people see him, they they come on, they come like, oh, what position does 27 play? Is he a receiver? He's like, nah, he's playing corner. He's locking stuff down. You know, he's already got two picks. He's already blocked a field goal that was returned for a touchdown. He has a pick six already he hasn't allowed a touchdown in coverage you know he he's just been a really solid rookie ups and downs i think he's their most penalized player as well but like they'll take they'll take a defensive holding or a, a dpi if you're gonna get a pick six you know it's, it's a little bit of give and take with him and then quandre Diggs, like you said you know him michael right. jackson's their left cornerback right now he's been kind of up and down you know he'll have some good plays he'll have some bad plays which is the nature of the cornerback position but the, the key for mike is to make sure that the the good plays outweigh the bad plays. If you give up an explosive, you better get you a PBU. If you give up, you give up a touchdown with it, you better score one yourself or something like that. You just want to uh, balance out the good and the bad. And then right now, I don't know who's going to start at the other safety spot. You know, they have a, a guy, 20, 2017 second round pick of the Packers named Josh Jones, who's been starting in place of Jamal Adams. 
Josh is one of the best defenders in training camp. He was really solid, really good tackler, just really disciplined dude. He was a ball hawk. And it just, it just hasn't translated to the regular season. You know, after that TJ Hawkinson 81-yard catch and run that I referenced, they pulled Josh from the game um, and started playing Ryan Neal, um, undrafted guy from Southern Illinois, used to play with uh, Jeremy Chin of the Panthers uh, when they were in college together. So why? Why? If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Paid actor portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered, and boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's E-T-H-O-S-Life.com slash audio. Uh, I think Ryan Neal will start this weekend. He's also backed up Jamal in the past couple of years because Jamal's had some injury issues. But, like, there's a lot of guys who – there's some good and some bad. Like, you just, you just notice most of the guys I rattled off are all under 30. Um, yeah. Some of them still under rookie contracts or on their second or third team. You know, so that – the growing pains are there and they're, they're noticeable. Um, so, but you, what you hope is that when you have a veteran coaching staff that they're coaching them up, they're saying, here, here's where you messed up on this particular concept of this player, this check. Let's make sure they don't happen no more. Um, so a lot of people in Seattle are hoping that the defense just has guys start playing better. But the question I keep reminding people that they need to ask themselves is, who are you asking to play better? How much better can you reasonably expect them to play? And how long will that take? Right. You know, because like you can only growing pains can only be dismissed as growing pains for so long. You know, like the other team doesn't care about your growing pains. They're trying to win every Sunday. So um, it's a young defense. It's a relatively inexpensive defense uh, as well. Not a lot of guys making uh, eight figures other than Jamal Quandre. And that actually might be it. So, yeah, that's a it's a young defense and it's showing uh, in the numbers, at least through four weeks. Yeah, yeah, Mike, you're not kidding, man. I was looking at the defense, man. I was looking at some some stuff uh, today looking at some of the defensive players and you're right there's a lot of young guys there that need to make names for themselves but one thing i did re- recognize just as a reason uh recent looking at some of these guys you got a couple of celebrities on your defense bro you got kobe Bryant on your defense and michael jackson <laughs> yeah them. yeah this now this these guys have had in the since i've been covering the team since 2017 they've had a guy named mike tyson who they drafted in 2017 they had a dude named nas they had a dude named Shaq. And they now have Michael yep. Jackson and, and Colby uh, Bryant. Bryant. Yeah, no, yep. they've it's been weird the 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 name stuff that they've they've had on here. Also, it just kind of shows how old uh, I'm only thirty, but like old some of us are getting. Where it's like kids, grown adults named you know Mike Tyson, grown grown folks yeah. named Nas. Um, that's uh, it's 
Yeah, there's actually somebody did an article about it, like college football kids. Uh, or uh, it was like high school and college athletes that are named after like 90s and 80s rappers or something like that. There was there was more than I thought. Who knew? There was I'm so gonna look that up, man. It was a bunch of kids yeah. named like Raekwon. Raekwon, yeah, they got Raekwon McMillan like and a few others. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah, I can only imagine like growing up in the 80s and 90s, and you looking and it's like, wait, <laughs> they naming kids Raekwon? Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, that's probably how some people feel about kids yeah. named Shaq. You know, how many yeah, people yeah, were named yeah, Shaq before yeah. before uh, he was he was killing yeah it, look, look at it they're killing it with LeBron right now how many of them did you got with LeBron right yeah, now yeah I think I seen the kid named LeBron and it just blew my mind that made me feel yeah. old you know yeah. like LeBron entered the league when I was eleven you know so to see kids see kids named LeBron James or not even LeBron James just LeBron well, LeBron was, right yeah no, that's that's I mean even Kobe if you think about it yeah. Kobe didn't get drafted till ninety six but didn't I don't think started till ninety eight and wasn't mm-hmm. really like a superstar until it. East 99, 2000. So mm-hmm. for, for a kid to already be named that, that's a, that, that's old enough to drink already. You know, that even just that's Kobe crazy. is still yeah. kind of crazy. And yes, Kobe yeah. Bryant is named after Kobe uh, Bryant. Player. Yes. Yes. That's yes intentional. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's something. I think Seattle trying to hit on something, bro. They want, they want the star power without paying for it. Let, let's, <laughs> let, let's look at the, the uh, Seattle offense, my friend. Let's look at some of the, the statistics. Um, of both squads, actually, I mean, I was looking at the uh, our team averaging 19 points a game through through four matchups. Uh, you guys doing a lot better, 24 a game. But like I said, the numbers are showing up. You're giving up 29 uh, points per game there. And, and then the total offense, uh, 374 flat by the Seattle Saints at 385 flat, passing 259.3. The Saints at 273 and a half. You guys are almost 115 on the ground per game. Saints 11.5. But not relying on it. It's that's that's insane that we can run the ball like that, but we're not relying on it. But anyway, and of course, we went over some of the dist- the defensive statistics. Four thirty eight point three is what's allowed total by the defense over four games for Seattle. Two eighty four point three. They're giving up through the secondary. One fifty four flat on the ground. The Saints three forty flat. The defense is giving up two fifteen point three through the secondary and almost one hundred and twenty five. Might as well round it off at one twenty five on the ground through four games. Not good numbers on equal either side of it, brother Mike. Uh, let's talk about that, man. The offense, man. I know we were talking about Geno Smith sharing the offensive role as the quarterback here. We know Penny's capable when he's healthy, and then of course, you know, they have you guys have fantastic guys like Lockett and um and DJ Metcalf, which uh laddie daddy Lattimore is gonna have to be uh kind of cool on this one here because you know how physical they were in last year's matchup when they were pushing and shoving each other but the but dk did give laddie daddy some respect on the back end of that thing but let's talk about that offense of seattle and and what you think they can do against the saints defense yeah it's been uh it's been interesting to see seattle's offense after you know week two they they did not score any points against the san francisco 49ers you know on the road the score was 27 to 7 but that was the that was the result of the block kick that was return, uh, returned for a touchdown that mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. So their offense got blanked. And mm-hmm. that was after not scoring in the second half against Denver. So they went six straight quarters without scoring. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it just woke up. You know, mm-hmm. not all of a sudden. I should say here's something that the, the turning point, at least the, to the first quarter of the season, was after week two against the 49ers. And PK reviewed the tape of Geno Smith. And he saw how his, his rookie left tackle, Charles Cross, out of Mississippi State, and his rookie right tackle, Abe Lucas, out of Washington State, he saw how they both performed against one of the best O-lines in football and said, okay, if those guys can protect Geno against 
that D line and Nick Bosa, we can go ahead and open up this offense. We don't need to run to set up the pass. We can just we can throw it. You know, our guy is going to have time. Gino leads the league in completion percentage, so it's not like he's going to throw an inaccurate ball. Um, and we have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So the thing was, can you can you protect Gino long enough for those guys to get open? And the answer after watching the, their game against the Niners was yes. So you look at their scoring in weeks three and four. You know, they scored forty-one points on offense against Detroit and twenty-three against Atlanta. You know, I imagine that that would probably be one of the the higher marks over the last two weeks. So their offense is kind of they, they opened up a little bit. We talk, talked about growing pains for some of their defensive guys. That hasn't been the case really on offense. Their offense is at least with their young guys on offense has come out uh, playing really well. And Gino, Gino has just been a totally different dude than he was in New York. You know, Gino is incredibly accurate. You know, he's thrown off target uh, pass at the lowest rate in the league, according to pro football focus at like 4%. That, that includes Rodgers, that includes Mahomes, Josh Allen, all those guys. You know, Gino leads the league in completion percentage, like I said. He's, like, I think top five in, like, expected points added EPA per drop back. You know, he's protecting the ball really well. But it's not like it was in the first two weeks. In the first two weeks, he led the league in completion percentage. But he was, like, dead last in air yards per attempt. So he was mm-hmm. basically doing the just dink and dunk to, to little to no effect. Well, now he's, like, 14th in air yards per attempt while still leading the league in completion percentage. So not only is he throwing an accurate ball at a high rate, he's pushing it downfield, you know, as well. So, Gino, there's a reason he was NFC Offensive Player of the Week for week week four. You know, he was he was dynamic against a really bad Detroit offense. But in general, the totality of it, he's protecting the ball when he throws it. He has protection when he drops back and his guys are catching it. I think he's only had one drop um, uh, this year, so maybe two. Um, which is that it's just, it's just functioned really well. You know, they, they haven't really lost a beat while losing Russell Wilson, which is crazy to say, man, when they mm-hmm. traded Russ, I was like, you guys are bugging. Like Russ, Russ had a little bad stretch when his finger was broke, but he's that dude. Like he's got a nine year sample to, to earn the benefit of the doubt, you know, at least in my mind, whereas Gino hadn't really started a game or started in a full season since 2014 and it didn't go well. Same thing in 2013 when he was a rookie. So I was really skeptical, and I wasn't the only one. You know, I think everyone outside of the building was skeptical. Some people probably waking up and saw Geno Smith won off, uh, offensive player of the weekend. And like, excuse me, he's a, he's a starting QB. What's going on? Um, but no, it's 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 not fluky. Some of those numbers are going to come back down to life because that's just how the NFL goes when people get tape on you. You know, defensive coordinators get paid too, a lot of money. And they're very right. good coaches. Um, but he's come out the gate very efficient. And he's he's pushing the ball downfield without compromising accuracy or ball security, and that you really can't ask much more of if any quarterback than than that right there. Yeah, bro. I mean, I I, I was watching some footage on Geno Smith, man. He, he looks he looks pretty good in that Seattle uh, offense. He looks comfortable, and man, why would you not? When you got a running attack, Penny is is handling the ball. He had a pretty good game there, and Tyler Lockett, man, Lockett will kill you. And DK Metcalf is just an absolute uh, uh, guy they created in a laboratory. I mean, he's ridiculous what DK Metcalf is. And if y'all, he got Goodwin there too. I've seen the speech to Goodwin. Y'all added him to y'all uh, to the wide receiver core as well. So yeah, it, I was thinking about when I was looking at Seattle taking more of a low key approach. I don't know if they were, and of course, most NFL team wants want to win when they did the Drew Lock thing. Went away from Russell. I was like, uh, I don't know about Seattle, but they sit up here at two and two and they're trying to win some ball games, man. And like you said, they are are, are keeping Geno Smith upright with those weapons 
any decent quarterback, if you're an NFL starting quarterback, you should be able to have some success with those weapons that you have there and that offense there. And if, as long as they keep them upright. But yeah, that, the pass protection is key, man. Like yeah. you need you need protection. That's why this matchup was kind of interesting because, as you know, the Saints don't really get a lot of pressure. I think they're like 22nd in sacks with seven. Um, they blitz at the third lowest rate in the league. I'm pretty sure that's that's the case right now. So not a lot of blitzing, but not a lot of pressure, not a lot of sacks. I think they're dead last in pressure rate. So if you're not blitzing and you're not getting pressure um, and you're not getting sacks, well, a team with a competent offensive line is going to shred you. In theory, unless your secondary is just lights out, and that's just unrealistic to expect. Not just because guys can't cover consistently; it's just hard. You know, look at some of them calls they had last in that London game. You know, like yeah. you put your you put your you put your DBs in position to be compromised and put and draw flags when you're not getting pressure. You know, like okay. Marshawn Lattimore is not in that situation against Justin Jefferson if there's pressure on on um, on Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins. You know, so it all starts. It all starts up front. So if they don't get yeah. any pressure on Gino, you know, um, like they were able to do in the week six matchup or week seven matchup last year, then, yeah, it could be a long night, even though I like the the defensive backs that the Saints have. Those guys can't cover forever. You know, you got to right. get pressure on the quarterback. That's true, bro. I mean, and that's something that uh, we anticipate the Saints to turn that dial up on the pressure and, and don't allow, let Gino Smith sit back there and find a rhythm. Like you mentioned last year's game, and he was able to sit back there. He was comfortable. He made the plays, and then ultimately the Saints made an adjustment, turned the pressure up, and when they did that, the game had a different outcome. But, I mean, we I'm looking at the offensive line that they're putting on the uh, field, bro. Uh, Cross, Lewis, Blight, Jackson, and, and, and Abraham Lucas. None of these names stick out to me except for Cross. I'm familiar with Cross and a little bit on Lewis. Uh, and I remember uh, Jackson as well from the Raiders. Am I correct on him? Okay. So I remember, so I remember, I remember big Gabe Jackson, but this is the thing uh, with the offensive line. Nothing really sticks out to me is that they're a, a, a offensive line force, which they don't have to be just watching the month worth of games that the saints have played from a defensive perspective. We expect our defensive line to dominate, some of these offensive lines, that wasn't the case against Atlanta. That wasn't the case against Tampa Bay, who was chairing four backups, including the offensive, but the blind side tackle was a back of the back of the backup and only one starter. And they had success against the Saints, you know, and then, of course, Carolina and the carry. So we have uh, no name offensive linemen or no name offensive lines that play like gangbusters against us and we have to do something about that now we played a little bit better from a defensive standpoint defensive line wise last matchup against the minnesota vikings still not as much pressure as i would have liked to have had to put cousins on the ground a lot more than what we did but in effect we have to be able to uh turn up this pressure man on some of these people you're absolutely right that they can't cover forever and if you can't and like you astutely mentioned that if you can't get on, get to that quarterback, man, and he has time to make those plays, make them people get on time, get that timing correct, it's going to be a long game. So, yes, uh, so talk to us about the offensive lineman, about uh, about the line and keys, some of the players that you like that you think uh, will have success against the Saints defense. I know you made mention of Geno Smith, uh, Lockett and Metcalf, they're two dominant guys as well. But uh, how do you think the game plays out in, in, in terms of Seattle? Do you think Seattle – ultimately has enough to beat the Saints in this matchup. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they do. And not just because I think like Charles Cross is like just going to stonewall Cam Jordan every rush or 
Abe Lucas is going to withstand every Marcus Davenport bull rush because that's just not that's not how it works. But the thing is, Seattle's coaches know that too, right? And yep. they did a really good job in week two of protecting them. And that's you know, in some of those some of those games that you mentioned that the Saints didn't have great pressure, I can already tell you why. I've I watched them, but I can tell you why without watching too because those coaches are smart. You know, mm-hmm. Tom Brady gets the ball out, so he just. He's 45 years old playing in the NFL. He ain't trying to get hit. So he's going he to get that ball out or he'll spike it or fall down. So he'll neutralize your pass rush himself. You pair him with some competent coaches, and that's how you neutralize um, a rush, even though the Saints defense has been kicking his ass. Or right. just ten, ten, uh, yeah, kicking Brady's ass for quite a I bit. I still say get uh, to him. I still say get to him, Mikey. Get to him. Give him a little love and knock his ass down. So, I mean, it's still you might not get the sack, but you get to him right before he delivers the ball. Give him a little tap there. Yeah, QB Knock hits definitely, yeah, they definitely that, have the impacts up. on those guys. Right. Oh, yeah, for but, sure. But I ain't mean to get in the way of your commentary. Go ahead, bro. Finish. No, you're you good. Um, the, the, but that's one way to scheme against uh, a pass rush that's talented. The other way the Falcons are doing it is they're just max protecting more than any team in the league, meaning they're mm-hmm. putting six or seven guys back there to make sure no one kills Mariota. Um, now that compromises a little bit of their, uh, the their passing game. Yeah, so it's really only Drake London and, and Kyle Pitts was lined up and – you know, maybe one of the whoever number 17 is for them as well. So uh, you notice Mariota's like, I think he's last in attempts per game. He's like throwing it like 14 times. That's nothing um, because they got a run game. Their quarterback can run. Uh, and when they do run and when they do throw it uh, because Mariota has so much time, I think Mariota's like fourth in air yards per attempt. So he gets to throw it downfield because he has so much time. And when you got seven, six dudes protecting the quarterback, mm-hmm. it's just hard for your rush to get there if you're not going to blitz, which is what we discussed earlier, the Saints really don't do. So um, I think they, it, I, because of that, I expected them to get after Kirk Cousins a little bit more because I don't know much about um, Minnesota's new coaching staff, for one. Uh, and two, Kirk don't really get the ball out super fast, and he's not mobile. So I was like, all right, if you go sit back there, um, they'll get to you. You know, I was watching the Saints-Vikings film, uh, the All-22, before we hopped on here. I was like, yeah, it makes sense that they was able to get after him a little bit. But some of that comes down to the coaching staff and the quarterback. So that's where I think Seattle has an advantage here a little bit because they know their strengths and weaknesses of their young guys. They've seen it. They're going to leave Mark. They're going to leave Charles and Abe on some islands with Marcus and Cam and stuff like that. They're going to see what they can handle. They did it with Nick Bosa, so I know they're going to mm-hmm. do it against oh, those they're feeling, guys. They're feeling nice. They're feeling real confident about that one, bro. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there is something to be said for like. Nick Bosa as a barometer for how good your tackles are because he leads the league in sacks and he's a monster. I would say Miles Garrett for every team in the AFC is the same thing. Like if your tackles can hold up against Miles, they they have they belong. You know, some guys yeah. need to just have that performance where they're like, okay, I, I'm here now. And that's for young tackles in the NFC. That's Nick Bosa for you know, for young tackles in the AFC. That maybe Miles Garrett or Von Miller or who or whoever. So I think uh, they're not going to do it a lot. They're going. They're going to time it up right. Get the ball out, screens. You know, move the pocket. They've been just doing a good job of like not making their tackles have to be superheroes when they're only rookies. You know, Charles is only like twenty years old, twenty one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's they've done a good job of you know, KYP. You know your personnel. So I think that's that's the advantage more than anything. And that not may not be that Abe and Charles and that whole old line is better than the Saints. They D-line. just know Saints what they D-line can got talent. Yeah, you have to know what you have and know how to use that. Um, it, it's not about playing scared, it's playing smart, you know. And so I think the Seahawks coaches have done a really good good job of that. And I think the, the O-line has, has executed. And Geno's done a good job working the pocket, not getting too deep in his drops. You know, you don't want to get further like nine yards. If you do, you're putting your tackles in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. If you know you got two young tackles, well, be careful with your drops. You know, just little stuff mm-hmm. like that 
to make sure your your tackles aren't on islands against you know talented pass rushers. Because as we saw last year in Seattle, Marcus Davenport might be the strongest dude alive, man. He put Dwayne Brown on his back, know. you know, in that in that week seven game. I ain't never seen Dwayne Brown get treated like that. No. Dwayne Brown's a good tackle, so right. you know, everyone's got access to that film too. So they're not gonna leave Charles on too many islands with number 92. So um I think the the scheme and the understanding of the personnel is their advantage as much as anything else. Yeah, bro. Well, I mean, it's obviously working for them, bro. It's in a pair of two and two, and we at one and three right now. And uh, we, we to a degree, at least like you speak about KYP, know your personnel. That speaks about uh, you also knowing who you are and what you're capable of doing and not doing things that you know you're not capable of doing, which probably will lead you to some goddamn losses. But I know at the end of the day, we as a, in the Who That Nation have a lot of questions about where our offense is heading. And we know that we have the weapons. We have the Chris Olavis. We have the Jarvis Landry's. Uh, Michael ultimately come back. We have Elvin. He ultimately will get healthy. So we have the Taysom Hills and uh, all these other guys who are game uh, are gamers who can impact the game in just flash plays that happen. You know, next thing you know, we the guys are scoring. So we have ball players. But I think to a degree. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Breast milk science. It's a thing. And it's our thing. We're Byheart. We're an infant formula company on a mission to get a lot closer to the most super, super food on the planet. Breast milk. Our patented protein blend has more of the important and most abundant proteins found in breast milk. We're the first and only U.S.-made formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. We make our formula in our own factories in Iowa, Oregon, and Pennsylvania using a small batch manufacturing process that works to preserve the integrity of our ingredients. We ran the largest clinical trial by a new infant formula company in 25 years and clinically proved benefits like easier digestion, less gas, and softer poops versus a leading infant formula. We were the first infant formula company to earn the Clean Label Project Purity Award. And while we've put a lot into Byheart, there's a long list of things you won't see on our ingredient list, like no corn syrup, no maltodextrin, no GMO ingredients, no soy, no palm oil. By Heart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We got a coach that's here now who hadn't been a head coach in a long time. And I think the Saints are trying to find themselves, find an identity. I don't think we're quite the passing team that we were under Coach Payton. If we were, we would have won these matchups against the Bucks and against the Carolina Panthers. Those were within our, you know, within our hands. And I think a lot of it is undisciplined football. I think, uh, you know, I don't know if it's the facts. It might have something to do with the taskmaster that Coach Payton was when he would have that air of, look, I better not screw up because Coach Payton is watching me versus Dennis Allen's a guy that, that might not have that same uh, stand that that same uh, uh, persona. 
So this is the thing with me uh, going in and looking at the Seattle, bro, at the Seattle matchup. Now, I'm dialing, I'm saying to myself, the Seattle defense is a young defense. We know they're still gelling. And if the Saints are right, this should be a matchup where they could be able to take advantage of some of the shortcomings of, of Seattle's defense. But And, of course, the Saints' defense against their offense, I'm kind of concerned because I've seen the Saints' defensive line in particular play I ain't going to say play down because I don't want to diminish or disparage uh, other people's offensive line. But some of these offensive line uh, guys we plan, we plan backups and they were playing like starters. And these guys were guys that just stepped in something wrong. We not that's not supposed to happen. We supposed to kick their butts and we supposed to have a, a, a success. And that's simply not happening. So I think to a degree, we have to kind of go back to basics and figure a way how to find out who we are. KYP, know yourself, know your personnel, know who you are and do it well and build on top of that. So I I, I, I commend you on saying that because this is some of the things I think in who that nation we, we're struggling with. Now, with that being said, I ultimately still think, and I'm not just going to pick the Saints because I'm a black and gold man and I'm wearing this damn hat. <laughs> I think, I'll just tell you, Mike, I think that the Saints, uh, ultimately, I think that the Saints will wake up. I don't think the season's lost. I think, in my mind, I think the Seattle Seahawks is a good matchup for the Saints this week. They come in here. And remember, we had to go to see how many times we had to go to Seattle, Mike, to go up there and play the Seahawks. So how many times straight was this? I'm like, I got to the point was like, damn, can't they come down here one year? Why hey, we keep going the way up there? Seahawks came down in 2016, I think, because Jimmy Graham was on the team. Bro, and since then reason. it's all been up here. All I think 2019 was up here. Yeah, yes. 2021 was up up here. So yeah, like this is my first time going to be you know, uh, right. down here. So, so I'm like, God uh, damn, could, y- could could we get Mike and, and the Seattle Seahawks to come down here one time? God damn. But but that, that's my thought process, bro. Coming home from London to the dome, uh, the Saints have to make they have to make a, a statement. This is a statement game. They have to make a statement, bro. They cannot go one in four. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. This, this, no, this, this they have this is a bit of listen, ain't the panic button yet, my friend, but it's a it's definitely some desperation going on right here. We can't go down one and four and lose this game. So that's why I'm kind of zoning in and I'm feeling a bit of that urgency from the team. And I think that ultimately that'll be enough to carry the day in the matchup against Seattle uh in this thing. What do you think, bro? How do you you know tell me what you, you do? You I know you said Seattle, you think Seattle could end up winning the game. How about do you give me a score prediction? How you think the game trends out, bro? Look at your crystal ball, Mike, and tell me what you think, bro. I think assuming that Andy Dalton is a starting quarterback, that 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 matters a great deal um, to me. I'm I'm gonna assume that Michael Thomas won't play, and I'll I'll assume that Alvin will. That 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 just kind of helps me make the prediction. Mm -hmm. Even with the even with Alvin um, and and no Mike T, I think I think I would still roll with Seattle in something close. I know the Saints are favored by like five and a half, which is pretty nuts. But yeah. I don't think the 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 teams are that far apart. You know, you look at I, I like to look at um, point differential at least after a few games. Like four four games is probably a good time to look at point differential. Your point differential tells you a little bit more of what is likely to happen in the future, whereas your record just tells me what did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did happen is not always predictive. You know, like the Saints and the Seahawks have the same point differential, for instance, uh, and Seahawks are two and two, Saints are one and three, but They've they've been outscored by their opponents at the same rate, so that mm-hmm. really means that some bad breaks have happened to them. And it's honestly not even that hard to see if you look at their four games. Mm-hmm. The Saints um, just missed the field goal that hit the uprights twice, um, that would have tied the game. The Seahawks, the first opponent, missed a sixty-four yarder at, as as time expired when mm-hmm. they win their first game. You're talking about kicker 
you know, variants, mm -hmm. you know, one guy kicking in London from 61, one guy kicking outside in Seattle from 64. So, mm -hmm. you know, that right there is just, just shows you that some of the little things uh, separate these teams, at least by their record, whereas their point difference is pretty similar. I do think that um, the Saints don't have an offensive identity yet, and it is hard to consistently win games when you don't have that. Some of that starts with just not having a consistency at the quarterback spot because um, everything – he touches the ball literally every play. So if mm -hmm. you don't have an identity at that spot, it's hard to have an identity everywhere else without a dominant uh, run game uh, at least. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I do like Seattle um, in part because when I do watch the Saints – I'm not. I see his team. I don't know what they if they know what they want to be yet. You know, you got you got Jameis, who is just basically like, you know, he's almost like the extreme of the Houston Rockets offense from 2018. It's like we're going to shoot a lot of threes. <laughs> yep. Um. You know, and we're going we're going to shoot a lot. We're going to do layups or dunks, threes and dunks. You know, like well, Alice. Yeah. Threes yeah. and Alice. Yeah. yeah, that's it. It's either a step yeah. back three from Harden or alley oop to Clint Capella. That was it. Yeah. That was the offense. That was it. You know? And right. they were the one seed, but like you could do that. Um. But it looks like, but the personnel doesn't really line up for that. You got Alvin, who's you're better off kind of chipping away at that. That'd be like the equivalent of a mid range, you know? Uh, and, you know, it doesn't look like they run a lot of screens. doesn't look like they run a lot of play action. Just a lot of just dropping back to pass, which Manila, is, bro. Is, 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 is fine. But I don't know if that's the Jameis Winston offense. That seems like that's how you get Jameis throwing 30 picks like he did in 2019. That I would not run that type of offense with Jameis. I, I would uh, lean on the other parts of the offense, you know, quick, easy stuff, play actions, screens. Rhythm stuff. Then, yeah, yeah, and then just safer stuff mostly because Jameis can get you, – you, you've seen it. Yeah, Jameis at his worst is pretty – pretty. that Falcons game is pretty bad. Um, yeah, that was that, that's, bro. Yeah, that, that, that's rough. Or no, it was the Bucks game. The Bucks game where he threw three well, picks in the fourth quarter. He came a lot, yeah. He came alive in the yeah, uh, that's what, in the that's what I mean. Game, but. The, Buc the Bucks game was the Bucks game. That's Jameis has worst right there. Just four, fourth quarter just goes down to, down the drain. Um, yeah, then with Andy, I watched the I watched the London game. I was like, well, this looks like a little bit more of um, what fits Andy because Andy he'll throw it, he'll dink and dunk it under the knee, underneath. But if he needs to, he'll take a shot. Um, he'll do a little bit of everything. Um, so until I see what the Saints, until the Saints know what they want to be, I can't know what they are either. So, whereas I at least know offensively who the Seahawks are and what they want to be. So I think it'll be close. Um, I think both teams are going to score some points. I'd probably I'd take the over. I don't know what it is, but I'll take it. Um, I'd probably say like 28 to 24, something like that. Um, Seahawks, both teams getting over 24 points or at least 24 points. So, yeah, I think, I think it'll be good. I'll be interested to see if the Seahawks or the Saints can close the game. Because, you know, it ain't like Andy Dalton or, or Geno Smith is like prime Michael Jordan, right, in terms of clutchness. So mm -hmm. um, Geno hasn't led a game-winning drive, you know, with, as a Seahawk yet. So I'll, I'll be very curious to see if he can close it out or if the defense can close it out or or whatever. So, yeah, I think it'll be a good game. I think both offenses should feel good about the things their opponent uh, is bringing. Like I said, the, the Saints play man coverage at like the 11th highest rate in the league. And yep. if, I, if I'm a team with Tyler Lockett and DK, I'm like, bring it on. You know, we got number 14. We got number 16. I like Lattimore. I think when he plays Marsh, uh, Mike Evans, he's the best corner ever in the history of football. Uh, like it's, it's insane what he does to Mike every time they play each other. Um, but, yeah, I, th I like the Seahawks weapons. Uh, I don't trust either defense <laughs> in this game. So it really might come down to which team has the ball last. Uh, honestly, that might be the team that wins. And which, which team's kicker can make a kick um, when yeah, they have the ball last as well. 
And also, uh, which team uh, turns the ball over the most also probably would lend to helping the, the opposite team win the game. So how disciplined will the Saints be uh, or Seattle be in this matchup and, and helping the other team to win the game? And listen, you talk about – we talked about Tyler Lockett and D.K. Metcalf. Man, we got some good cornerbacks, but my goodness, Metcalf and, and Lockett, man, those guys – are, are pretty damn good, man. And I remember going back in my in my in my the, my uh, memory here watching Tyler Lockett over the years as the Saints play him and all the fantastic catches that he made over time to keep uh that keep the sticks uh keep moving them sticks for Seattle. Tyler Lockett, man, is one of them dudes that they just he just don't get his credit how good he's been over years, man. The guy been doing that for some time, man, and don't get no respect. No, it's crazy. Never been to the, never been to the Pro Bowl. He's, he's like he's like eighth in receiving yards um, over the last like three years or something like that. Like he's he's been he's just been consistent, you know. And he's not just a dink and dunk possession receiver too. I mean, he had a he he can catch a deep ball as well as anyone in the league. I don't think he scored this year, um, which is that's tough to see because man, Lockett is just he can take the top off of a defense. Man, he's just really reliable, good hands. He had an entire year without a drop uh, in twenty eighteen. I think he, the next year he only had like one. Um, so yeah, now that they have the firepower, I think that's also why Pete Carroll after two weeks was like, we don't need, we can take the training wheels off, you know, we're, we should take it off anyway, because Tyler makes $17 million a year and DK makes 24. Like, that's where you should, that's where you should put your, yeah. put the ball, you know, if you're going, yeah. if you're going to spend that you money. Yeah, right. exactly. You know, right. uh, so that's also the KYP, you know, your payroll, um, yeah. as well. So uh, yeah, I, I like the matchup. I, I do. I think the Seahawks have a lot of intriguing matchups for a lot of different reasons. You know, they're getting some teams that like to play a lot of man coverage, um, which is that's a dangerous game to play, not just because of the receivers. But look at that. Look at the Detroit Lions. Man. They played a lot of man. And not only are you in man, um, it's tough on your receivers or it's tough on your DBs when they're trying to cover. They're turning their back in the run game, too. You know, you look at some of those big plays Rashad had. The reason he scores on those is because the DBs don't know it's a run. They're turning and covering the <laughs> turning and covering. They're too um, busy worrying about Tyler and, and, and DK, exactly, man. And they exactly. turn around, so, he comes in. That that's another reason why like yeah. zone is the, by far the most popular coverage in the NFL, too, because it, it just helps you respect the, the run game, you know, as well. Everybody turning their back to the quarterback, quarterback might just take off. You know, so I think uh yeah, his it's good. Both these teams are pretty even. I'm surprised that the five and a half point spread or six points or whatever it is, that this would be Saints minus two and a half if I was setting the line because mm-hmm. it's just it's they're they're two really close teams, you know, uh in a lot of ways. Yeah, you're right, Mike. It might come down to that, man. Who had a ball last and like you said, the small things, the turnovers and whatnot. Who got their head on straight this game? Desperation wise, I think the Saints are the candidates, man. And they can't go down. They can't go one to four, bro, in five weeks. They absolutely can't. I mean, they're going to catch absolute hell. They're already catching hell from some of the decisions that they're making personnel-wise with Latavius Murray and uh, Eric Wilson, allowing uh, him to be plucked off the practice squad. They're catching hell from the family base right now about some moves there. So the Saints have to step the game up in a major capacity, man, to handle this business. So uh, once again, man, we're talking to Mr. Mike Dugar. Now, Mike, you, you have a, a podcast called uh, man to man, bro. You had you, you and another brother. What's the other brother, uh, who you shared the podcast with, bro? It's the Seahawks man to man podcast. And my co host is Chris Kidd. We've been doing it since 2017. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Seahawks man to man. That's the number two man on YouTube. We on Spotify, we on Apple, we're on the athletic. 
Um, if you just if you download the app or just go to the athletic and the listen tab, boom, we'll pop right up there. So yeah, now we've been uh, doing our show for a little bit. You know, if you guys are interested in learning more about the Seahawks, and you know, you know, tap in. It's a good time. Bro, and, and we done had Mike on here before on the sports coma. As you can hear, Mike know what the hell he's talking about, man. <laughs> I tried to. I tried bro, to. he know what he, y'all hear. You know, he knows what he's talking about. In my uh, opinion, man, Mike got the best uh, Seattle Seahawks podcast in the game, man. He got the best one, bro. And I hear all these other guys, man, they ain't talking nearly facts and stats and breaking it down in a calm manner. I like he a bureaucrat talking people out of flame. <laughs> buildings, man. You know? <laughs> Yeah, man, I try to know my stuff, Bro, he like to negotiate man. He like, um, uh, 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 what's the Samuel Jackson? Yeah, Samuel Jackson and Kevin Spacey, man. I love that movie. Yeah, man. See, I make my girl watch it all the time, man. Yeah, love it. See, that's where where you get it from. That's the inspiration right there for doing the show. He's the negotiator talking about the set. See, I talk you out of a burning turkey out that burning building, and it's like a walk in the park. But look, man, Mike, appreciate you chiming in, bro. Much love to you, bro. Before we cut you loose, I want the, the Who That Nation uh, to give Mike some some uh, uh, some cuisine references. You know, give Mike some. He's down here in the city of New Orleans. He's gonna be covering the game in the dome, and 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 Mike, give Mike some cu- cuisine uh, references, man. Uh, seafood, uh, Mike, you like seafood and all that kind of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm a big seafood guy. I don't eat beef or pork. Um, I'm not a red meat guy, um, but. I, I mean, I, the the good food things I hear about New Orleans, that's that won't matter. I, I'll be able to find some good some good stuff with those dietary restrictions. At least so I've been told. So y'all 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 lace the chat man with cuisine. I already told them about uh, weed ads chicken man. I already put the brother on the weed ads right there. So that's good. Uh, uh, they got a, quite a few of them, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, let, let's see. Uh, Damien says peewees crab cakes. All right. Are you a crab cake guy, Mike? You I like don't know crab if I ever had, have I ever had a crab cake? I'm not even sure I have. Yo, what's the um what's the little powdery things called? The um you know what I'm talking about? It's like a dessert type of Oh, you're talking about uh beignets. Yeah, I yeah. never had I never had bro, you better, bro, you better go on down there, bro. You ain't too far from one either, bro. Hold on here. What's what's the uh damn see? I got it in my head. What's the name of the beignet place down there, family? Put that in there. Um, yeah, uh, Tom, I'm, I'm staying on Canal Street. That's where I'm staying. So, yeah, anything <laughs> anything down there. Uh, Commander's Palace. Mike, you, Mike, you got to have big pockets to go on down there to Commander's Palace, brother. But listen, that's good food, too, man. That's that's yeah. really good. Lord dropping the, the heavyweights. Dragos is another good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's the name of the place down in the quarters where Mike can get him a beignet, man? And stuff like what's that? Cafe Dumont. There you go. There you go. Cafe Mike. Write this down, bro. Where your pen at, bro? No, I'm. I'm. I got it. I see it. I'm good. Okay. I'm gonna. Uh, I take the mental. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna make sure okay. I got all this. Yeah, yeah. I, right. I did. What is? What is it, Beignet? What is it? What is the? I don't, what is it? Just breaded sh- bread and sugar? What? What am I eating? Yeah, you're eating. It's pretty much bread and sugar. It's like a. I guess I don't want to call it a donut because it's not a donut, but it's pretty much. Uh, it's confectionery, confectionery uh, sugar on it, and it got, it's 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 kind of. I guess I, I'm trying to say it's. They saying it's a biscuit. I ain't gonna say it's. it's, oh, it's I don't like think a it's biscuit. A, I ain't gonna oh, say no. it's a biscuit, bro. I would if I had to say, I would say it's like a pastry. It's close to. A, um, I ain't gonna say it's a donut. It's kind of. I don't know how to explain it, bro. But it's. Uh, 
You just, Mike, you just got to get on on at a cafe. Oh, no, I, I can't wait. That's what uh, I, I want to try. I'll be seeing people post them on, on Instagram and stuff like that. Page, and I'm like, yeah, fried, bro. Okay, that sounds, yeah, that sounds yeah. all right. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah it's page, pretty man. good, bro. So it's Cafe Dumont is down there in the quarters. And, and they got, oh, a I love catfish. Places. Any places with catfish, I'm a big catfish guy. Okay, um, Mike, like catfish. What y'all got, man? Give uh, give Mike a, a, a couple of good catfish joints uh, nearby uh, uh, down there off of Canal Street. All right. He said Redfish Grill is on bourbon is amazing. Uh, Mike, Redfish Red Grill. Grill, bro. And I think, uh, Damien, do they have catfish at Redfish Grill? They should, huh? Let me know, bro. Yeah, they said, oh, yeah. She's, yeah uh, Elliot says, and get the coffee along with the beignet there, Mike, when you go down there, right. man. Okay, somebody said Trey says like a funnel cake. I guess that'll uh, be. I, I don't know if I, I ever had a funnel cake. Yeah, I, I don't. I uh, I don't know. Deanie's is Deanie's is way in uh, Bucktown though. That's way too far from my. He on Canal Street. I don't think they got a Deanie's. That that that's a good one too, Mike. Deanie's seafood, bro. But that's kind of far out, bro. That's in Bucktown. I don't know if they got one close to you over there, on there. Okay, yeah, Damien said, yeah, they got catfish over there at the uh, yeah. uh, Redfish Grill, bro. I'm a big, big cat. I wrote that one down for sure. I'm a big, big catfish. I'm a big chicken, chicken wings, catfish, you know, mac and cheese, soul food. Man, I need just, I, I need it. I need it all. Man. I want to put on like three pounds <laughs> uh, while, while, while I'm down there, man. I mean, why, why not? I don't know what the next time, like you said, the Saints are always coming up here, so I don't know the next time I'll be back. Yeah, bro, they always, yeah, I, I'm like, God damn, could they come down here one time? They said Lil Dizzy's too, Mike. That's that, Lil Dizzy's is, uh, man, that's, uh, that's not too far from me, but you would need to, he would need to catch, he would need to catch a cab, or he couldn't walk over there. I wouldn't recommend him walking over there. You'd have to catch, catch a cab to Dizzy's. It's not, it's like what? One, two, three, four, shit, it's like. I won't say about 12 blocks away from him. It's it's not too well, I ain't gonna say it's not too far, but it's about 12 blocks going east of you, going east of you. You probably would need a cab or Uber to get over there to Little Dizzy's, but that's a black-owned restaurant, bro, for generations. Got a lot of good food, seafood over there, and all kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. So I'm that's another black place. Owned joints for sure. Yeah, the yeah. I'm wearing is my homie's hoodie from high school, man. It's something black owned. I'm okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm rocking. So, yeah, bro. Yeah, I, wrote, I wrote down all these, man. So, well, some of them I took up here, but I wrote down ones that I feel like I forget. So, I feel, yeah, feel, feel good, man. If you got anything else, DM me. Uh, I leave Saturday, so just let me know. I got you, bro. Well, listen, man. Once again, y'all subscribe to Man to Man Podcast, man. Go and, and Mike's on YouTube too. He's everywhere. And and Mike write Mike writes for the athletic man. Whatever the brother does, 
Big up him. You see a young brother with game, man. He got his head screwed on straight, man. He know what he's talking about. They sprinkling game on us, man, with the Seahawks. And Mike, could uh could you uh win, lose, or draw, bro? You think you can? I know you'd be busy after the game. You think you can chime in on the on the recap stream and uh kind of share your thoughts on what happened? It depends. You just got just remind me because I, I I'm I'm scrambling usually uh after the game. Just just remind me. Yeah. But it could be it could be the whenever you get some time where if it's not that Sunday, it could be that Monday. You can just let me know what works for you, bro. All right, we'll do, man. Thank you for having me back. All right, Mike is the man, bro. I appreciate y'all for chiming in up in this thing, man. Appreciate it, Mike. Mike, I'm gonna hit you up, bro. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. Peace. All right, that's brother Mike, man. Chiming in, bro. Smart brother, always like that, brother. Coming in here, dropping game about the team. And I appreciate the family for dropping some game too. You got a lot of stuff, man, and the brother won't get. Yeah, Porter Call. Wow. That's another good one right there. Be cool, man. Yeah, you ain't lying. Porter Call is a good one. Dookie Chase. I hate that Dookie Chase, man. I like Lil Dizzy a little better than Dookie Chase. Dookie Chase is good, you know what I'm saying? Y'all got to be up in here. I'm talking. Emeralds, you got to get your money together to go. To- <laughs> you got to get your money together to go to Emeralds, man. Uh, Laura, Laura, Laura says, um, Hit the lift and get the commander's palace. <laughs> uh yes, indeed, man. Y'all, listen, listen, man. I know Mike been. This is his first time coming down, man. You want to get him some good, good cuisine, man. So yeah, they got a lot of good places to eat. He got he picked the right place to be, uh, right around the the the, the, the uh on Canal Street to get a lot of good food, man. I told the brother, I said he said he like wings. I said, man, I sent them on the weed ads, man. I said, listen, going over there to weed ads, bro. They not too far. They like a Shit, it ain't too far from where we're here on Canal Street. We that's just right now. I said, go on down there and holler at my dog Teal and them people, man. I'll tell them Big Q sent you in the building. Brennan's, yeah, I hear you, fam. Yeah, yeah, food and spirit in Lakeview. Yeah, he got to hit that Uber and get over there. All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, chicken and watermelon, Big Q, that skip from, oh, yeah, 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 from UTP, skip, yeah, yeah. Wacko, skip, and Juve, man. Yeah, I remember them boys. I, I like, like, that Nola cap clapping all them, man. I remember all that, man. Yeah, Acme's is another one. Yeah, y'all guys got me hungry in there, man. Let me <laughs> go ahead on and finish up some stuff. But look, fam, we appreciate Brother Mike for tapping in on the stream, man. And, of course, let me go over a few things before I turn y'all loose, man. We're going to cover on this right quick. Uh, Von Miller, Odell Beckham Jr. on free agent tour, Giants, Bucks, Saints, or Lynx. So this is from Von Bell. He came on the Richard Sherman podcast and was dropping some game about Odell Beckham. He said that Von Miller is keeping fans updated on OBJ's process as a star wide receiver gets closer to returning to the field after tearing his ACL during the Rams' victory uh, over the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Now, appearing on Richard Sherman's podcast, the Buffalo Bills outside linebacker said he has stayed in touch with Beckham, and he's, quote, going on a tour, in, a tour end quote, with visits to the Saints and Buccaneers. Miller, who played with Beckham on the Rams uh, last season, told Sherman that he can see the three-time Pro Bowler picking a new team in November or December and that he will, quote, soak in all the love, end quote, from the interested suitors before deciding where to play. So there you go on some of the information right here as Von Miller was talking about it right here. And and this is coming from uh, Richard Sherman's broadcast right here, Lincoln, uh, saying that – uh, he's linking Odell Beckham to the Saints, Bucks, and other teams. So, of course, with all of the stuff that's going wrong, we also said, is there room for Odell Beckham in the New Orleans Saints 
uh, offense, there have to be injuries occurring. And if uh, there are injuries occurring, that means indeed uh, they might be a space depending on how those injuries are. We know Mike Thomas right now dealing with a toe issue. We know Jarvis Landry had a little bit of an issue. It's a physical season, man, and you need all the help you can get. So if somebody is hurt, maybe there's a spot for Odell Beckham Jr. in the Saints offense to join his boy Jarvis Landry and to, to, and to, to make it here uh, to the Saints. So we'll keep an eye out on this one, man. Very interesting. Also, Saints Malcolm Roach returned to practice. That was released. Uh, he was designated to return from the hour on Wednesday. Underhill reported Roach can now participate with the team. And once he's moved to the active roster, he'll be eligible to play, although he can return as soon as Sunday against the Seahawks. He does have a three week window before he has to join uh, that. He can't has to join the 53 man roster. Also, to talk about it, the the Broncos, excuse me, signed running back Latavius Murray off the Saints practice squad. Necessary insurance after Javante Williams season ending injury. Uh, Policero reported Monday that the, the Broncos veteran Assigned veteran running back Latavius Murray from the Saints practice squad, a move necessitated by the loss of their running back Williams as head coach Hackett had hinted. So there you go. And of course, you know what Murray will bring. He was uh, a lot of the Saints offense and this created created quite the backlash in the who that nation on why the Saints didn't activate him prior to not just for the active roster game, uh, the active roster uh, or the active uh, depth chart matchup with the uh, Vikings last week, but uh, Latavius Murray was signed to the team, and they were like, why wasn't he on the active roster from the jump prior to all of this happening, which proves a great point. Now, you know, we know that uh, Latavius Murray was a guy that knew the Saints system. He should have been more involved with it, and a lot of people are a bit sore about that, and rightfully so. I can understand why they're sore about that thing. And when people say, well, Q, he – opted to go to Denver. Of course he did. You know, he knows that he'll be a starter there as opposed to staying with the black and gold where he'll be fitting behind running backs that he leapfrogged all of their asses, outproduced everybody uh, in the lineup, Ingram, Washington, and whoever else they wanted to put that he outperformed all of them, had more rushing yards than everybody it was basically running the most. He was just the, the rushing attack and full for the Saints and had the most impact and now he'll be a Bronco, so the Saints will have to find another way to manufacture uh, a running attack on the ground. And a lot of people are looking at Ingram. Ingram needs to improve. All right, then, of course, this one from NOLA.com. Saints shake up practice squad with five transactions. Signed All-Pro Chris Harris to the bunch. Saints announced the flurry of practice squad additions uh, yesterday, including Chris Harris Jr. In addition to bringing back Harris on board, the Saints also signed fullback Adam Prentice. Defensive back Jordan Brown to the practice squad in corresponding moves. They released defensive back Trace Willen. That was short lift from the practice squad inside defensive back DeMarcus uh, May, uh, and then waived defensive back DeMarcus Fields to the active roster. Now, I'm not done yet because this was what happened today. All right, let's go over it. Now, New Orleans Saints have signed tight end J.P. Holtz to the active roster from the practice squad, designated defensive tackle Malcolm Roach for return off injury reserve and sign wide receiver Kevin White. <laughs> the Saints signed the wide receiver Kevin White. That's right. That's right. The Saints have brought back Kevin White to the team. That's right. Kevin White, who never, who don't supposed to be on the team, who can't catch a ball to save his life, 
is back on the Saints team again. Even though, be it, it's in the practice squad capacity, Kevin White is back with the Saints again. And see, that's what I'm talking about when people uh, really kind of go at you and, and look at you and say, well, you guys don't know what the flip you're doing. If you bring in this, you know what, back up on the team. Kevin White rejoins the team. He is back on the team. He's like, you, you got to be trolling us. I'm not trolling. I, I, I Trust me. I got it right here from the Saints website itself. That's right. Kevin White is back with the team. You see it right here. I'm going to highlight it for you. They said uh, J.P. Holtz, which is the tight end, I mean, fullback guy, each back to the active roster from the practice squad, which is good. They designated defensive tackle Malcolm Roach for the turn off injury reserve, which is good, and signed wide receiver Kevin White. And and really a positive back backstory to this is Bryce Thompson to the practice squad. So I'm happy to have Bryce Thompson, who's a ball player for us, getting him back because he was hurt. Now he's healthy. The Saints bring him back. But why the hell is Kevin White back? And so once again, you Latavis Murray's gone. Eric Wilson, who was the best linebacker the Saints had, uh, uh second, well, not named Demario Davis during preseason and minicamp, a solid veteran linebacker that's seen a lot and is productive. He was uh, signed off the practice squad to join the Green Bay Packers. So he'll be starting for the Packer, Packers on their active roster or, or, or having uh get an opportunity to start for the Packers and Latavis Murray will be starting for the Denver Broncos. So, you know, uh, why is Kevin white back here? You know, we can't find any other wide receivers to give an opportunity, but to Kevin white, I mean, Kevin white, he does, he does need a lot of practice to be honest with you. Indeed he does. He needs a lot of freaking practice, but can he get that with somebody else? Not in the saints organization, but anyway, Let's go to the practice squad. Let's see if the Saints updated their practice squad family because they have a lot of movements that was going on with the practice squad. So, as you know, Mel Malcolm Roach is no longer on the IR. He was activated. And so, Quine Baker, I think uh, he had two more weeks to go before he comes off of that suspended for, uh, the, I think it was the performance enhancement uh, stuff that he was dealing with. He was suspended for six weeks. Now, the Saints practice squad, Josh Andrews, jo Jordan Brown, who they picked up yesterday, or at Taco Charlton. Yasir Durant, who is an offensive lineman, Vincent Gray, Chris Harris, the veteran, is there. Uh, Jordan Jackson, Keith Kirkwood, who good to see Keith Kirkwood, Lucas Crawl, Kirk Merritt, Adam Prentice, the fullback, Christian Ringle, Nephi Sewell, Rashid Shahid, Bryce Thompson, and there he is. Then you see for yourself who's that guy right there is Kevin White. Kevin Are you loving it? So Kevin White is back. He is back. So anyway, family, that's going to do it for the stream today. Like I, I like to thank uh, Michael Dugar from the Man to Man podcast. Mike has, uh, and I'm going to just keep it a buck 15. Uh, I think he has the best podcast when you're talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he writes for the athletic and he follows the team around. So he got a lot of good inside uh, baseball on what's going on with the Seahawks. And he was letting us know some stuff about, uh, uh, you know, their defense. And Big Al Woods is a problem, and we got to resituate him. The Saints, this is a game I think the Saints lining up with the Seattle Seahawks is a game. I think it's a good matchup for the Saints because the defense is struggling. They're a young defense. Jamal uh, is out for the rest of, well, he's on IR right now. Uh, he's one of their better players, and this defense has still got some gelling to do. And I think the Saints could take advantage of that 
if they can find of identity. He made reference of the fact that that uh, Pete Carmichael, I mean, Pete Carmichael, Pete Carroll knows this team. And that is such the contrast versus the Saints where the Saints don't know their team. They don't know their team like them people know their team. And that could be problematic. So the Saints and like I said, identity crisis, I said it when I first seen it, I said, this goddamn team don't know what they're going to do. You pick one thing and get really good at it. I, you know, get pick one thing. We're going to run the damn ball and pass off the run and get good at it. You know, so we'll see how it all goes, man. The Saints, I'm going to tell you, if anybody, which which is the more desperate team, it's definitely the Saints. You can't. Now, listen, Seattle's not seen as a playoff team, uh, not in the least bit. And it's considered a team that should be looking uh, for uh, top picks in the draft coming up. A lot of people surmise that Seattle, when they started the year off <laughs> with the moves they made at the quarterback position, they, they was playing, paying for or playing for the future. You see, they won't pay all that money no more. And they were looking to play the future game. So them being two and two right now is a pleasant surprise. And Pete Carmichael, Pete Carmichael, Pete Carroll, excuse me, is doing his best to kind of keep the team on schedule. But the Saints, they have to figure it out and they got to figure it out now, right now. So we'll see. All right, so with that being said, fam, we're going to bounce on, on that. Much love to the family. I appreciate y'all chiming in on this episode of the show. Big ups to you and the family members. Uh, with that being said, please hit the like button. If you hit and hit the like button, hit the subscribe button and hit the share button. Remember, sharing is caring on the Sports Coma. Share uh, links on your social media feed and Facebook. Share with other people in Facebook with other Saints family members and diehards. That might not know about the coma, put them on game, drop game on them, sprinkle game on them. Let them know y'all don't know what y'all missing. Come on over here to the coma. We keeps it real deal. Holy feel, baby. So with that being said, I'm going to get out on that. Please feel free to also hit the link tree. The link is in the description section below and check out some of our gears. Check out some of the merch. Get the new gear that's available there. You can't cheat God. That's for the women, men and the children. All kind of gear. I mean, stuff for your bedroom, your bathroom, your kitchen. We got it all. I mean, literally thousands of products are available on our three. That's right. One, two, three merch shops. And all three of the merch shops links are in the link tree. Nice and organized there, including all of our social media, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. All that stuff is there. Nice and organized. So with that being said, I'm going to pop out on that. I appreciate y'all chiming in. And I'm going to holler at y'all on the flip side, baby. Who that to you, Yeah, huh? Boogie like prison, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose all winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Huh? Boogie like prison, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a fel. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah, like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. 
Lose on winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network. merch to support the platform. Available at the Pro Shops, we have dozens of hundreds of products available for you and your family. Unisex tees for men and women, hoodies and sweatshirts, tank tops, kids and baby items, long sleeve tees, mugs, pillows, wall art, bath bedding, face masks, phone cases, stickers, bags, fanny packs, socks, hats, and many other items. Please feel free to check out the Pro Shops. The link is in the description section below. And remember, it helps the platform continue to grow. Check out the Pro Shop and Who That Did. The Who That Daily.com. That's right. The Who That Daily.com. Your one-stop shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelicans, LSU Tigers, and even the top flight boxing news. So if you're a Who That and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, the Who That Daily.com is your site. The Who That Daily.com for the sport Who That and all of us. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.